Welcome to my digital diary. I am Nikita Abnave and this podcast is dedicated to digital media, marketing and ad tech community in India. In this episode, I will discuss with Tara Kapoor about how brands need to invest wisely in content marketing. Basically, we will focus on attracting, engaging and retaining the consumer for the long game. This will include talking about editorial content, web series, educational content, learning, brand leadership and more. Tara enlightens us about how brands need to align with consumers and their content. The conversation focuses on how much work is done and how much more work needs to be done for the Indian markets, especially in the content marketing space. Tara Kapoor is an award-winning marketer with extensive experience in the media and entertainment industry. She has worked for several high-profile companies including Netflix, Vice Media and more. Tara began her career in journalism, working for leading media organizations in India. After several years in the industry, she transitioned to marketing, bringing her storytelling skills and expertise to the field. Tara has also worked for Netflix where she used to oversee marketing for the streaming platforms series in India. Her work on popular shows like Money Heist, Stranger Things, Delhi Crime and others has helped Netflix establish itself as a major player in Indian market. Currently, Tara is working as a head of marketing for Duolingo English Test in India, where she leads company's marketing efforts. Hi Tara, thank you for making time for us. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. So Tara, we've had some discussions in the previous week and it was uh, lovely talking to you and I I was really looking forward to this session today with you. Uh in fact the interesting part that uh, struck with me was your transition from journalism to content marketing and I can relate it very well uh, because I was in advertising sales and I transitioned myself to agency side of business. Uh so when you know what you want to do, I think it's a very smooth sail. Uh so so what are your thoughts and how did you do this? Uh, I really want to know about it. Super. I think thanks for asking this question because it's something that I think a lot of people keep asking me in terms of how I sort of made these moves from journalism to marketing. And I think when you look at my career trajectory on paper, it really looks like i've made some major shifts you know because it does feel like very very different uh, industries whether it's journalism to marketing or even if it's entertainment to education but i think there's a common thread that combines all of my roles and that's sort of what's helped me succeed at them um and that's been having a really strong understanding of what a consumer wants right so whether it was when i was a journalist i think i had a very deep understanding of consumer insights because you know i'd be sort of putting out a story or a report that's around things that are interesting for you know the consumer i was going after or when it's you know whether it's entertainment marketing where you know i have to find the right audience for the right show or now with education how do you sort of marry what somebody's looking for at a very critical point in their life which is a study abroad period to you know what my product is which is a which is a proficiency test um that sort of is a lot more convenient and easy for students you know in their journey for for study abroad but to give you a little background um i started out as a tv journalist um so i've always had a sense of the audio video medium right you know so i i learned very early on how to shoot how to use a camera how to edit um so had that basic knowledge of 
what goes behind audio and video. And the beat that I was covering was advertising and marketing. So I was always in business news. Um, I wasn't a general news journalist. And by studying, for me, I looked at that as my crash course. It was like studying advertising and marketing. I never did a formal degree. Um, I never did an MBA, but... Good foundation to have, right? Yes. And what was amazing about it was I got to, you know, meet a lot of people, really senior people in the industry and ask them difficult questions. So like CEOs, CMOs, um, and really understand what went behind ideas and what made good ideas and what made bad ideas, you know? So um, I think that gave me a really good basis for marketing. And then I gradually shifted from an age, from a, from journalism to an agency, from an agency, uh, then to my first client role, so to say, and then, you know, progressively graduated from there, from, from company to company. But that's a little bit about how I sort of did it. Lovely. No, I think it's very interesting. And the common thread here is content. So you had a good foundation and, and you were just playing around different mediums, but within the content space. Um, so, you know, they say that content is king, but I've always wondered who is the queen then? So what are your thoughts on this, Tara? I think I wanted to look at that a little differently. I think for me, content is queen and it's consumer who's king, right? So the consumer sort of dictates what you should be putting out from a content perspective, but it's essential for brands to have a strong uh, content marketing strategy that resonates with what their consumers are looking for. So you will always have the consumer being the king who's dictating what you're doing, but the content itself is the queen because it needs to sort of like really play into what they're looking for. And sometimes they don't necessarily know, know, know that themselves, right? But I think there's three core reasons why it's it's essential for brands to create content. It's not just about, you know, uh, having hardcore ROIs on every, every campaign that you sort of put out in the market. Um, I think the first is, it's just basic business sense, right? So there's tons of reports that talk about how consumers are more likely to purchase products that resonate with them and that have similar values to them, right? So um, either it's like purpose-driven or like if I'm selling an education test, for example, which is what my role is right now, right? It's an English proficiency test similar to IELTS and TOEFL. I can't just blanket put that out for a consumer, right? I need to talk about how that ties into their future, their dreams, their study abroad objectives. Uh, I need to help them on that way. I need to guide them into, you know, spaces that make sense for them in a very pivotal, important period. So I think number one is that having something that resonates and has a purpose for your consumer and provides information that's useful for them, right? The second, I think we all know this is a hyper-competitive world, right? So no product is absolutely unique. What makes your product more unique are what you sort of put out, right? Like you will have certain USPs that make your product different from your competitors, but what actually makes us supremely unique is the way we brand and market, right? Like our messaging, our content, um, the communities we develop are what make different products more unique from each other, right? You know, it's sort of how you cultivate that universe for yourself and for your brand. So I think really creating a strong share of voice and uh, standing for something and then developing a community is essential from a content marketing perspective. And then, like I said, you know, I was sort of leading to that with my second point is, Community is super important, right? We live in a world where everyone's an influencer or has some sense of social currency. Everyone has a point of view on products they like. 
and word of mouth is is going to just keep on growing in terms of prominence and importance right so you need to have a strong content strategy that can play back even from a user generation uh, you know user generated content point of view as well so a lot around content but but uh, definitely one of the primary things that is going to remain important as we as we look at how the marketing world is evolving Sure, sure. I think it's very important to understand the consumer landscape in India before we design our content strategy or any brand's content strategy. So I think post-COVID, it has changed in how. So what are your thoughts on um, understanding consumer landscape, uh, especially for a brand leader or or for a brand to become a leader in the industry? I think, like you're saying, post-COVID, things have become a lot more digital first. Um, you know, digital was always in the forefront but it's progressively becoming more and more important and i think with each year that passes we see traditional mediums losing in relevance for younger audiences primarily um that's one so i think digital will remain uh, utmost in terms of importance especially if you're going after young audiences i think obviously and you know we've already seen this in in with each passing year it's not necessarily the newest thing but the attention span is also becoming shorter and shorter right so you need to be able to attract attention really quickly we've seen it in the scroll me- mechanism that sort of plays out whether it's reels or tiktok um, or any of these platforms it's a really quick swipe short attention span that that consumers have so how do you grab their attention up top and in in formats and ways that relates to them and i think the last is it's also this like clutter of and volume of content that exists right uh, across platforms so having the right mix you can't just be in one place and expect people to discover you you have to have a very robust content strategy that's reaching out to a consumer in all the different touch points that that exists and i think the last thing is audio is also playing a large role right so you know we have a lot of shorthand um, and and we're seeing a big movement you're doing a podcast yourself right so you're aware of, of the kind of movement um, audio is also having. So I would say shorter t- attention spans, more content and grabbing attention wherever the consumer is. Right, right. You gave an example about being in the journey uh, while, you know, you're uh, working with Duolingo English Test product. But uh, is there anything that you would like to share from your previous experiences, you know, around Netflix or around Vice Media or anything else that you felt were very successful campaigns and you were instrumental in bringing that up for the Indian market? Sure. I think for me, one of my biggest campaigns that I worked on in the past was for Money Heist, um, you know, when I was at Netflix. And I think what was really interesting about that was that show was a phenomenon in India where you suddenly had a Spanish show creating a movement in a country which doesn't speak the language. I think the entire team was in India, right? Yeah. We sort of like had to structure. We didn't have the cast and, and crew in the country, you know. So it was sort of how do we create engaging content for our consumers that's still authentic to India and it's in, authentic to the Indian narrative for a Spanish show, right? You know, so I think that was the piece that we really worked on from a content development strategy. So we realized that India is full of super fans of Money Heist. So how do we celebrate them, right? So we created an anthem that celebrates super fans, including a lot of celebrities, because we realized a lot of celebrities also love Money Heist. The second was being present across different mediums, right? So we had a game running on Instagram. We had a contest running on YouTube. We had print ads. We had, you know, we sort of were at every touch point where we saw consumers who were fans of of, uh, of Money Heist. So we had a very clear content mix. We also saw 
a lot of prominence for the show in South Indian markets, right? Which is why um, the show was also dubbed in local languages. But we also created assets that were dubbed in those languages uh, to promote to those audiences. Yes, I saw the Dhol Tasha band. It was amazing. Yeah, it was sort of like mashing up cultures and 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 bringing something to life that that was playing into the different spaces and and areas uh, that appeal to our consumers. So that was just another example of of how that works. It's not just about putting a trailer out and putting money behind a trailer. It's creating a really robust uh, content mix um, to get people excited. I think you use localization very well here because one, it is a Spanish show. Second, you are bringing it to India and you had so many different avenues to promote it. So I think localization played uh, an important role here in your campaign. Most definitely. I think that's key, right? We're seeing audiences become more and more niche in, in a lot of senses. So there's certain things that tie people together, but there's certain things that make communities and different people unique, right? And uh, I think as we're moving ahead, we're seeing pockets of people, like, you know, sort of people are, are becoming a lot more clearer about who they are as individuals and what they stand for, right? So it is becoming more and more complex for us to market. But I think if you're able to identify those niche communities, that's a, another way of, of really making sure your brand resonates with a really strong community that yeah, that you're trying to go after. Absolutely. I agree with you, especially uh, these days when, uh, you know, the coming of chat GPT and many more such things. What do you think are going to be the trends in 2023? Because I see the game changing, uh, you know, very much, especially with these new players entering the market. So, so what are your thoughts on the trends in content marketing this year? I think number one, you've touched on it already. AI is definitely going to be you know, one of the biggest trends that we're seeing going ahead. And I think marketers need to be savvy enough to adopt this technology early and not be afraid of it, right? Like there's a lot of conversation about inaccuracy and these kind of things, but I think we need to understand how to use that to our advantage. You know, nobody is saying take the human out of the out of the equation, right? Use AI with the human in the room and sort of use it to your advantage. I think it will make our lives a lot more easy in terms of like using it as a tool for efficiency to help produce content at a higher volume. And of course, it helps us be more innovative, right? People haven't done too much in the space yet, right? So you can always be ahead of the curve um, and create innovative new ideas uh, with, with advances in technology. So definitely AI is number one. I think the second uh, we again spoke about it a little while ago is audio and, you know, just whether it's podcasts or radio or even search, you know, like audio is really becoming an important medium. And we're seeing people become more and more comfortable with using voices, with engaging with different voices and how obviously that plays out. And I think, again, AI has a role with audio, but it's a very interesting space that people have been ignoring till now, you know, really, like even when you looked at traditional media, radio was always a good to have. It wasn't something that people were going wide with. But I think we need to start paying attention to audio again and really start creating a more concentrated audio strategy for, for content and for marketing. And the last, it's not again a trend, but budgets are definitely becoming leaner, right? So for marketers, given we're again going into uh, a place where Budgets are getting tighter. Marketers are being questioned about, you know, ROI and, you know, the impact of what they're doing. We're seeing the industry at, at large sort of tightening their, their purse strings because of layoffs, because of, you know, 
um, not having the same kind of results across the market. So I think being able to do more with less is something that people need to become smarter with in in 23 um, and definitely in 24 as well, right? So what are those scrappy but fun ideas that can really create noise and and drive impact, I think is going to be very important in this year and the coming years. Absolutely. I I completely agree with these three points, especially the second one where you mentioned, uh, you know, how audio is not really given that much importance. I feel it's a very fertile ground in India, especially for audio industry today. So brands need to look at these, uh, this medium especially and uh, create more content around audio. I feel that, uh, you know, you are working a lot. You're also studying. You're also helping community, uh, especially with your open conversation efforts. I'm really curious to know how do you unwind and and what are you doing outside of work, Tara? A lot of the things that I'm doing, like you're saying, like the course, like open conversations, are things I enjoy. I enjoy speaking to people. Yes, I see that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I, I like to sort of expand my network. You know, even when you reached out to me, I was like, definitely, I, I like to have conversations. So things like open conversations I do because I am time crunched, but I also knew it was really important to for people to be able to network and, and have certain conversations. You know, you need someone to open a door for you, for you to progress in your career. I've had a lot of doors slammed, you know, on me in that process. And I'm like, I want to make sure that we have to sort of make those changes, especially for people that might not have the same kind of access, right? But then I'm also time constrained. So I realized I can't respond to every single DM that's coming to to my LinkedIn. But what I can do is sort of set out an hour a month. It's not a lot of my time, right? Like it's one or two hours a month to speak to, to younger people and sort of give them any advice I can. It could or could not be useful, but at least it's something that I'm trying to do. Or just be a year so that they can, you know, have somebody to talk to and somebody to listen to. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's one thing I do um, from that perspective. And I think I I like it. It's something I definitely enjoy. The course is hard. I think that's something that, you know, I realized I did want a a certain level of formal education to the work that I'm doing, um, especially as I'm, I'm progressing in the later stages of my career. And then for fun, I love to travel. So the good thing is my my job also takes me out a bit, but I always carve out some time for myself to be able to explore, you know, cuisines, new locations, uh, see some of the, the more touristy sites and the places that I'm visiting. So love to travel. I'm a big family person. So whenever I have downtime, I try to spend time with my parents, my sister, my husband. Very important to me to spend time with, with family. And then more personally, I really enjoy reading. I, I try to read every night before I sleep. That's the way I unwind. I sort of like... Oh, wow. What are you reading these days? Right now I'm reading a um, very boring book. It's on it's on econ- economics. So basically I'm studying economics. I was reading a book on that. But the recent book that I finished was um, Prince Harry's biography, which was... How did you like it? Quite juicy. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, I mean, I've been reading quite a few like biographies that haven't been as exciting recently. So I, I found... Harry's a little true to his voice, but it's also just the news that's sort of driving that, you know, a little bit, but not a bad read. Yeah, yeah. I've not read the book, but I follow Meghan Markle's podcast, uh, Archetypes. I think both of them are uh, really doing a good job and and they're very vulnerable with whatever they share. So I think it's a very uh, new thing these days because not everyone has the courage to open up the way they are opening up. 
Uh, so yeah, I'm. We are in a good space. <laughs> I feel <laughs> for sure. I think that's like what we were saying, right? Like everyone has a social currency that they're developing, and and that's one example. I mean, obviously they're really famous people as well, but like you haven't seen the royal family putting themselves out there in those kind of manners, and that's sort of how the content ecosystem is is evolving. Correct, correct. It was wonderful, Tara, to have this conversation. There was so much learning and insight for me. Thank you so much for taking out time, uh, and I'm so happy with this. Thank you, Tara. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks for having me. This was great. You. Thank you. I hope you like this conversation. Don't forget to subscribe and follow the show. Rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast. I will be back with a new guest next Wednesday. Till then stay tuned.